For the second consecutive offseason, the Louisville Cardinals are one of the key transfer portal winners. On today's episode of the show, we're discussing the significance of that, whether or not this trend is sustainable for future offseasons and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. Once again, for the second straight year, Louisville is one of the key transfer portal winners this offseason. It's extremely significant, but the question is whether or not this trend is sustainable for offseasons to come. And we're going to answer that because truthfully, I think it is, but it also isn't at the same time. More on that topic here in a second. And then we'll go from an overall approach to a more um, specific analytical approach discussing just how the Cardinals have added depth and talent on both sides of the football. So I think, you know, obviously the offseason isn't over yet. I don't think we are finished seeing players enter the portal, but I think the majority of damage has been done in terms of movement across the nation. With that being said, I fully expect there to be another wave in the portal when you know spring practice gets close to concluding. You're going to see multiple players exit out of the Louisville program because at this point you have to because the Cardinals are over the scholarship limit. Um. But barring an unexpected mass exodus from this team, I think it's safe to say, once again, Louisville, one of the main transfer portal winners this offseason. And it's extremely significant, both on the field and off the field. On the field, obviously, you are addressing the needs of the team. You're doing it by adding players that, more often than not, have succeeded at their previous stops at the Division I level. You're adding talent. You're adding depth to this team. You're adding veteran experience. But also, you know, you are addressing roster needs for the long-term future as well, adding multiple-year transfers. So on the field, it's pretty cut and dry as to how this is this is significant. You saw it last offseason. Louisville added multiple transfers that played key roles for the team in 2023. And it's pretty safe to assume that that is at least the intention for 2024. They've added a very, very solid group of players that I think probably more than half are going to play key roles for the team. So on the field, it's significant. Off the field, I think it goes from being a fluky offseason to a trend, to a popular trend. You know, if it would have just been a very solid offseason 2023 and then 2024 Louisville added some some solid players from the portal but didn't have a portal class like they did in 2023 but I think it sort of takes the wind out of the sails in terms of this trend but 
you can argue that they had a more successful 2024 portal class than 2023. So optically, I think it's showing that, hey, look, it's showing um, current players across the country that if you need a change of scenery and you want to go somewhere else where you're going to succeed and have a lot of success, that Louisville could be a place for that to happen. So it's pretty significant. The main question for me, and this really has been talked about here and there, but not in its entirety as it should, and that is, is this transfer portal trend sustainable for the Cardinals in the future? I think it is, but I also think it isn't. In principle, it is when you're able to um, use your open scholarships to you know, bring in transfers that can help your team. And you can essentially use those open scholarships to flip a roster, add a lot of key guys in, and still have a ton of talent. And you can do that every single year. There's no doubt in my mind that I think that in itself, that alone, putting success to the side, you can go to the portal and flip your roster every year. Louisville's not the only team that is having to do that, and they're not the only team doing that. I also think, to play the devil's advocate, that it's <coughs> excuse me, that it's not fully all the way sustainable from a success level because you're putting a lot of pressure on number one, the coaching staff year in year out to go out and get um, you know 26, 27, 28 transfers and bring them into the program. That's not easy to do. Not only to be able to go out and get those difference makers on a yearly basis, but also build a roster that's going to have um, you know a ton of cohesion, plays together, and has solid success. You could argue that that's not sustainable in college football. You can argue that that's not sustainable in college basketball either. With that being said, with it being all, I, I think it's sustainable and not sustainable at the same time. But with the comments that Jeff Brom has made here and there throughout the past, you know, honestly, since 2023 or 2022, I think 2022 was sort of a need. You had to fill your roster uh, with transfers. 2023, you didn't really lose a lot of guys to the portal that had key roles last year. Most of the guys that had key roles went to the draft. So I think you did a good job. Of, you're playing the game at the end of the day. The game is that you have to you have to address your roster, and it's like a one-year contract with players. But Brahm has essentially said that he doesn't want this to be the trend moving forward. Obviously, there is going to be more emphasis on the portal than there is high school classes on pretty much every year. Do not mistake what I'm saying as Braum utilizing the portal is not going to be successful moving forward. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Jeff Braum is likely going to – I could see get to a spot where you're 60-40 in terms of transfers to high school player ratio. Obviously, it's very transfer heavy this year, but I don't necessarily foresee that being the case as we move forward. I think it's going to be a situation to where you're addressing the needs of the team. You're always going to be going with the portal because, let's face it, you would rather 
go out and get an experienced player that can help you win now that might have multiple seasons that's played at the power five or a group of five level rather than going out and getting a player that you would have to develop and there's no guarantee that they're going to stay for the entirety of their collegiate career. That is the transfer portal era that we are trying to navigate in the college football landscape and see whether or not there's going to be any um, – you know, if there's going to be a cap in terms of NIL, I don't really think that there's going to be. You sort of implemented this NIL and transfer portal era without really any guidelines to it, any tangible guidelines. And we're sort of at the mercy of um, the unknown at the moment because we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. But I think that we're going to see the pendulum shift a little bit and swing back towards more of a balance between going out and getting portal players and high school guys. Now there don't take this as me criticizing how Brom is choosing to address the team. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Brom has put this team in one hell of a spot to compete for a playoff spot in 2024. With that said, and I think Brom would tell you this as well, and you can kind of infer that based upon his comments, not putting words into his mouth, but he's essentially said that, you know, we want to get to a spot to where we're utilizing the portal still, but we're also having a solid high school class in as well. High school classes are probably going to be smaller in number. You're not going to sign 25 high school guys. I think that that the days of that happening are over, but I also don't think that you're going to sign 11 to 12 every cycle either. I could see you getting up to the 17 to 18 mark, uh, maybe even 1920, depending on, you know, who exits the program, etc. But I mean, it's sustainable, but it's not, but I don't think we're really going to have to worry about that because of Brahms comments that he's made here and there throughout the off season, highlighting or foreshadowing, if you will, sort of the game plan. You can kind of read between the leaves here and read between the lines and see that it's going to be more of a balance in the future. But nonetheless, what he has done, what the coaching staff has done in the portal this offseason for the second straight offseason, nothing short of incredible. So let's talk about the portal class in specifics. We haven't had an episode to where we've talked about all of the signees and how it sort of works toward what they've done on both sides of the football. Let's start on the offensive side where the team has not only upgraded some positions, but addressed some losses. We'll talk about that coming up here shortly after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with the code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seats, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, etc. You name it. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time right now. All Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app. Use the code Vegas100 for $1 or $100 off of a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On On Podcast Network has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We really haven't had an episode of the show to where we looked at this class in its entirety and sort of um, discuss how it's addressed the starting spots, how it has added depth, etc. So we're going to do that. Let's start on the offensive side where I think the trend has been replace some of the key players from last year, upgrade positions, and add depth. So... When it comes to replacing the key guys, we'll start at the quarterback position. Jack Plummer moving on. Uh, it seemed like the game plan was always to go out and get a transfer portal quarterback while you continue to let Pierce Clarkson and Brady Allen develop. Tyler Shuck is the guy, the potential uh, penciled-in QB1 for the Cardinals heading into spring ball, Texas Tech transfer. I think that the floor is higher with a guy like Plummer, but the ceiling is higher with a player like Shuck. Shuck has probably a stronger arm, the ability to throw down the field a little bit better, um, and is a more um, is more involved in the running game. However, best ability is availability. Injuries have been sort of an issue the past couple of years. He's had season-ending injuries the past three seasons. Going into his seventh year of college ball, the injury and availability aspect is going to be the main one that is focused on. Running back is another spot to where Louisville has had to address losing both Juar Jordan and Isaac Garendo. They bring back Maurice Turner. They bring in two four-stars in Isaac Watson. And I'm sorry, I always mess this up. I know a guy named Isaac Watson, so that's why I say that. Isaac Brown and Duke Watson, they bring in two guys, Penny Boone, Baby Bust, the Toledo uh, star, 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns. Um, Mac Offensive Player of the Year. They also bring in Miami, talented running back transfer Don Chaney Jr. Both guys are looking to get the majority of the workload in the Cardinals' backfield, replacing Jordan and Garendo. I like what the Cardinals staff did here in replacing both of those guys. And then wide receiver as well. Jamari Thrash goes to the NFL. You replace him with Colin Lacey from South Alabama, Ja'Cory Brooks from Alabama, two of the highly or highest-rated Portal receivers of the offseason. Lacey, a um, very solid non-Power 5 receiver playing in the slot. Ja'Cory Brooks is going to play on the outside. Um, before he got hurt with the Crimson Tide, was a player that had a ton of production. So I think that the wide receiving core got better. And that's sort of been a trend as well, is that the main thing for the offense and the offense wasn't bad this past year at all by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like the, on paper, the unit got improved. It got better. The quarterback position, you lose Conley, Doman and Plummer. I think bringing in Shuck and Deuce Adams while bringing back Clarkson and Allen and Bailey, I think it's a better unit than the quarterback unit in 2023. And don't take this as disrespect to those units at all. I just think that this is a better um, unit on paper. Running back core, I think at this point, is probably it's probably a wash. It's probably an even trade-off because Jawar Jordan was one of the best running backs in the ACC. 
Isaac Garendo was phenomenal the last half of the season. You bring back Maurice Turner. Um, you know, you bring back Kewan Brown, and then you bring in two four-star running backs. But Penny Boone, Don Chaney have shown that they can definitely be a part of this offense. And I think it's going to be a balanced backfield. Once again, you're going to see Louisville probably throw the ball a little bit more. So the statistical numbers might not be there, but I think effectiveness, you're probably an even trade-off from last year to this offseason. Wide receiving core, I think you got better. Um, one of the issues last year was, if it's not Jamari Thrash, who's it going to be? I think there were some issues of Plummer being able to get his receivers the football, but I think there was also an issue of the wide receiving core as a whole being able to create separation. And you go out to the portal and you get some very solid players that are able to do that. Ja'Cory Brooks, Colin Lacey, your two, um, probably your two starters alongside Chris Bell. I think that that starting um, rotation between those three is probably better than that of 2023. You do lose some depth in Amari Huggins-Bruce, Kevin Coleman Jr., William Fowles, but um, you bring in Antonio Meeks from Tuskegee, um, a Division II HBCU, a player that I think is going to be able to high point the football, a skill that the Louisville wide receiving core currently lacked. And you have Jewel McClain coming back. You have Kataris Hicks coming back. You bring in JoJo Stone, um, a highly rated 2024 recruit. You bring in Sean Boykins Jr., North Harden star from in-state. I think that overall, and then also you bring back Jimmy Callaway and Jaden Thompson. So the wide receiving core is better. The running back core, it's 50-50. The quarterback room is better. The tight end room is better. You lose Josh Lipson. You lose Joey Gatewood. But you bring in Mark Redman from San Diego State, one of the probably better tight ends in the country, one of the best tight ends in the portal. You bring in Isaiah Cummings from Kentucky. You bring in um, a versatile flex tight end and Jaleel Skinner from Miami. And you automatically upgrade a position that lacked a ton of depth last year. And not to mention you bring back Nate Kariski. You bring back Jamari Johnson and also bring in a very underrated four-star tight end in Dylan Mesman from the the state of Michigan. So the skill positions, I feel like looking at it as a whole, the offense is better. The offensive line, it's going to be interesting because you lose some key guys. Brian Hudson at the center position is going to be tough to replace. Um, Willie Tyler, Eric Miller, and some other guys. Now, Wolves went to the portal and got some key guys, most notably Monroe Mills, left tackle from Texas Tech, one of the top transfers, one of the top tackle transfers in the country he's going to slide in at left tackle so I think that maybe actually could be a possible upgrade at left tackle um you have Pete Nigra who likely will fill in at center for the Cardinals either him or Austin Collins but um he's going to be a guy that Louisville looks to really build the interior of the offensive line transferring in from northern Illinois some other guys Vic Cutler from Ohio State Plans to be a role player on the interior. You have Jonathan Mendoza, six foot nine transfer from Yale, could be playing a factor on the right side of the line. Um, and then you have Ruben Unige from Houston, tackle. I think could definitely play a role. Rasheed Miller, tackle from Georgia Southern. Needless to say, you are adding a handful of offensive linemen that could project to play key roles for the Cardinals. So, quarterback. 
let's on paper, I think you've upgraded the room. You've upgraded the wide receiver room. You upgraded the tight end room. And I think offensive line and running back isn't even trade-off at the moment. So overall, you've done what you've set out to do in the portal, and that is upgrade this team. And you've done that. Offense, I think, is going to be electric in 2024. Defense was great to start the year. They struggled at the end of the season. They got burned in coverage. They didn't get a ton of uh, pressure on quarterbacks, and they struggled tackling. You lost Jarvis Brownlee. You lost some other players. You got some key players back. You brought some key players in. I think the defense is where Louisville really balled out in the portal, and that's no disrespect to the offensive recruiting, but the defense really, really balled out. We're going to talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The conference championships for the NFL are coming up this weekend. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Win or lose, the app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. What Jeff Brom and company did on the defensive side of the football in the offseason was honestly one of the best off seasons uh, in the country. I would argue into saying that not many teams in the country had a better defensive recruiting offseason out there, not only from a portal perspective, but bringing players back. You brought back three of your top four best defenders. Ashton Gelati, back. Quincy Riley, back. MJ Griffin, back. <coughs> so that alone you are creating a ton of momentum for this defense because you're bringing its stars back. You lose Jarvis Brownlee, and that's going to be a a tough player to replace. But at the same time, if you give me the opportunity to bring three players back and you name those three as being the guys, I'm taking it every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. But they also did a ton of key things in the portal. I think that you had to upgrade the defensive line and you had to upgrade the secondary. That was my opinion. You lost Stephen Heron. Um, You also bring back Jermaine Lole to the interior of the defensive line, so that's a key um, returning decision as well. You look at what they did on the defensive line, it's highlighted by adding Tennessee edge Tyler Barron, originally committed to Mississippi out of uh, Tennessee, flipped his commitment to Louisville. Barron is a top 20 player in the portal. Six and a half sacks last year for Tennessee, second on the team, over 100 tackles, 27 and a half tackles for loss. Very good at getting after the quarterback, but also very good at defending the run. So I think it knocks out two birds with one stone. You upgrade the edge room. You bring back Mason Riger as well. You lost a couple of players to the portal, but none were key players on the team. On the interior of the defensive line, I think you had a lot to work with. Destel, Jared Dawson, Taufik Thomas. You brought back Jermaine Lole. You brought in Thor Griffith, FCS All-American from Harvard, one of the freaks from Bruce Feldman's annual list. He's 6'2", 305 pounds. Like I mentioned, uh, Ivy League All-American, the player that a lot of teams were going after. And then Jordan Gerard 
from Florida International, originally transfer or committed to transfer to Minnesota, flipped that commitment in December and ended up coming to the Cardinals program. I think he's going to fill a solid depth role as well. So right there, you're adding in depth to that position or to the defensive line. You're upgrading the defensive line. And I think that that's going to help your pass rush because your top two pass rushers last year were Gelati and Mason Riger. And they are both back, but you also bring in a guy like Tyler Barron, who I don't think is going to be a player who gets over 10 sacks, but he's going to be a very, very um, key player in terms of production on this defensive line opposite of Ashton Gelati, and it adds depth. It adds solid talent upgrade, et cetera. Linebacking core, you added Durante Davis to essentially replace Jackson Hamilton and Keith Brown, which I'm okay with because you brought back most of your returning production, TJ Quinn, Stanquan Clark, um, Jalen Alderman, and a couple of other players. You lost Gilbert Frierson in the secondary. You lost Storm Duck. You lost Cam Kelly, Jarvis Brownlee. However, I think that this team has done a good job of not only addressing those losses, but also overall upgrading the room. It starts at the cornerback slash outside linebacker position, adding Corey Thornton, a multiple-year player from Central Florida to possibly be a starter for the Cardinals is key. You also have Tay Holloway from North Carolina. will have multiple years left to play his collegiate ball. Um, Taz <clears throat> Nicholson from Illinois, multiple-year Power 5 transfer. So you have experience coming. You have depth that you sort of didn't have when Jarvis Brownlee went down. So you – We'll be able to replace Frierson and Brownlee and bringing players in. And then not to mention Aaron Williams is going to be healthy. Marcus Washington is in another season of college football. And I feel good about what the team did in the secondary. But what they did at the safety spot was nuts. And this is where I really, really am excited because the safety spot struggled at times last year. MJ Griffin missed the entirety of the season. Josh Minkins wasn't healthy for the entirety of the year. Um, coverage was hurting here and there, especially when you play better offenses in the second half of the schedule. You bring back Devin Neal. You bring back um, D'Angelo Hutchison as well, not to mention MJ Griffin. However, what Brom did in the portal at the secondary or in the secondary at the safety spot was key. You bring in a guy like Wesley Walker, one of the top safety transfers in the portal, uh, multiple-year player that has started a couple years with um, the Volunteers, transfer from Georgia Tech to Knoxville and now to Louisville. Um, I think that he is in line for a very, very good year starting alongside of MJ Griffin. And then you have your two starters, and now it's filling out depth. You talk about Hutchinson. You talk about Devin Neal. Dave McCullough from Oklahoma spent one year with the Sooners program, four-star guy coming out of high school right outside of um, South Bend, Indiana. He's a guy that I think you can sort of uh, develop to being a solid player, maybe not in 2024, although he could be but a starter potentially in 2025. Blake Ruffin from uh, former Trinity High School star, went to Eastern Illinois, was an All-American there, transferred to the Cardinals program, six foot two, 205 pounds. I think he's in line to play a key role in the depth spot as well, maybe even at um, the star position. You bring back... Uh, and not to mention Tamarian McDonald from Tennessee, another Mississippi commit that ended up flipping to the Cardinals program. So a lot of added depth. I think the name of the game is you did three things. 
you addressed the losses, you upgraded the overall talent of the team, and you added depth all across the board. And that's the main thing um, to focus on. Now, obviously, we're going to see some players enter the portal when spring ball gets closer, um, as we get closer to the spring game. And we'll talk about that when it comes. But at this point in time, Louisville, one of the clear transfer portal winners of the offseason. So with that being said, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you back here 